Hey everybody, Elijah Ward here, and I've got a very, very important message. That message is this. You have got to be a part of Remnant Rising. Remnant Rising is a brand new school that's launching this fall under the nest, and it's geared toward all future generations. You know, one thing I've found in my engagement with Yahweh is that intimacy with God is the blueprint for everything in the kingdom. There is nothing that you will do, nothing that you will build, no technology that you will pioneer that comes out of anything but a devoted place of intimacy with Yahweh. So I'm excited to help teach that this fall as we inspire our students to really become everything Yahweh said they could be, to step into sonship, to learn about walking in faith, to learn about their dominion and their governance as sons. It's going to be a really great time. So go to the foundationnest.com and click on the Remnant Rising link. At that link, you'll find course content information. You'll see some information about the instructors. You'll find uh, information about how you can register. Um, so go check that out and do us a favor and tell people that you feel like would benefit from this school. Friends, family, people at your church, your neighbor, whoever it may be, really help us spread the word about this because I have so much expectation in my heart for what Yahweh is going to do through this. It's really exciting. Go check that out and I will look forward to seeing each of you this fall. Shalom. Hi everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gates Weekly Podcast. I'm Mario Salinas, sharing with you today an insight of the day. I don't know how many of you can relate to people walking out of your life, to individuals that you perhaps journey with as friends, individuals that you build with as partners, perhaps even mentors or protégés, walking out of your life leaving you to the level that you've attained, either to go back to the levels that you used to be at, that they don't want to leave, or to go to a different level in their own lives, be it out of offense, be it out of jealousy, be it out of um, not giving you an opportunity to make a wrong right. There are so many scenarios in which people can walk out of our lives. And today, if you find yourself dealing with the hurt and the brokenness and the frustration of loss of that nature, I hope that what I'm sharing with you today will encourage you and even inspire you to keep moving forward. One of the ways that I have been able to overcome the loss of friendships, the loss of uh, collaboration or partnership as people have left our lives at different times is gratitude. Gratitude is one of the most powerful forces in the universe because gratitude protects us from the disillusionment and the despair and the frustration that could be associated with being stabbed in the back, with people being treacherous towards us, with people not making good on their promises, with people not following through in relationship. Gratitude I'm going to come back to in a moment, but there's another part to this that has always helped me to navigate it with good emotional intelligence, being uh, meaning that I can control my emotions and I can properly position myself regardless of where people choose to go and what they choose to do in a relationship uh, with me. I've chosen to keep moving forward and this is one of the things that has helped me. 
I once heard someone say that some people are permanent fixtures in your house if your life was a house, and some people are just scaffolding. In other words, if we were to liken our entire life to the building of a house, some individuals are going to be like pillars in that house. They're going to be the support structure in that house. They may be ornamental fi uh, fixtures in the house. They may be some of the appliances in the house. Uh, they may be what we spend, rooms that we spend the most time with, those that are closest to us. But some individuals will be like scaffolding. Scaffolding is what is used to build uh, different parts of the interior or even uh, especially the exterior but even the interior of the house sometimes when there are tall things that have to be reached with scaffolding on the inside and scaffolding is something that is temporary which means it is something integral to the building process but something that once it is removed once the, the house is at a place where it no longer needs that scaffold because that part has been built that part has been established then the scaffolding is removed and in a way, Yahweh, though we may not understand it at the time and we may not want to accept it at the time, I strongly believe that Yahweh will remove some people from our lives because if they remain, they will hinder us from where we are supposed to go, from the depth and the height, the width, uh, the breadth of, of our advancement in Him. There are many times when I felt the pain of people moving on from my life, not being willing to go with me where I was going, and wishing that they wouldn't have done so. I've even tried to pull them back. I've even tried to do whatever it took from my part to win them back and to keep them from moving on because of the pain of losing people, especially as the leader of a church. Many times our children would develop relationships with people's children and we would develop relationships as a couple with another couple and then something would happen, an offense might come in or they, they would see things differently and they would start to drift away and sometimes immediately overnight they would just disappear. And that was very painful, for, not just for me, but also for the family. And I remember thinking about this, this, this concept of scaffolding and wondering, were they supposed to be permanent fixtures in my house? Or were they supposed to be scaffolding? Think about someone who may have walked out of your life, someone that is no longer in relationship with you, and evaluate that. Because you have to be able to see it from Yahweh's perspective. In the immediate moment, the hurt and the pain, and even the aggravation of a relationship that is broken, may, may not enable us to see clearly Yahweh's part in Yahweh's desire in that whole separation. But as I've looked back over time, and it's always much easier to understand what was happening in a season when you're removed from that season. When I've looked back, that's back at some of the things that happened and some of the relationships that I even tried to pursue and restore when they had been broken, I realized that if I had stayed in that relationship, I would have been limited. And I want to tell you one story and give you one example which uh, stands out for me today and it was the relationship that i had with the, tr the one of the, the first treasurer of our church uh, some of you that have heard me over the years in different conferences and in different settings talking about honor would have heard this story before but many of you are new to what we're doing and what we're building and i think it would benefit everyone to hear this again but 
His name was Ed, and Ed was a wonderful man. He came to us at a time, I believe, even supernaturally driven to us by the Holy Spirit to help us as the church grew significantly, not only in numbers, but also in financial significance, uh, the amounts of money coming in and so on. And we needed professional bookkeeping and professional accounting because we had gone from a level of survival to now having a measure of significance financially, but also in impact and influence. And it was something that was scalable. It was something that was growing. And I asked Yahweh to provide someone that would help us in this man uh, on a January January 1st, um, one year, walked into our church. And it was really funny because that day we were going to take what is known as a polar dip to raise money for missions. And I remember this man had a bathing suit in his, uh, swimming trunks in his car. It happened to be a Speedo. I'm not going to make any comment about that. But, but this man came in and, and he saw that we were advertising we were going to have this polar plunge into the, the icy waters of the Long Island Sound on January 1st after the service to raise money for missions. And he said, I happen to have swimming trunks or a bathing suit in my car and I would like to join you. And that's how we began the relationship. Within a few weeks, he, uh, we found out he was a professional uh, CPA. We found out his amazing expertise in matters of finance. And Ed, for the next five years, built with us um, the structures and the systems that govern our house financially and administratively, the governance of finance, we attribute to his systems. And, and I honor him and, and I honor what he established. And for those five years, it was a constant building of these systems and developing of our finances. But during that time, I was also changing and I was changing and, and advancing more and more into my identity as, as a priest, but also a king and understanding the responsibility of a king to demonstrate kingly grace and generosity and favor and, and to establish systems of generosity that would bless everyone that would be associated with us and especially to honor those who would be serving us in any way, especially those who would be speaking and ministering here. We, I even had a plan in place to bless and to um, give compensation to our head intercessors for heading up teams that were praying for us and, and, and so on. And so one of the things that happened during that season, it was the end of a year, the beginning of another year, and I remember putting forth a budget uh, late November that I was going to present to my board, and of course, Ed was the treasurer on that board. And in that budget, I had, I had significant portions of the expenses going out being to things related to honor and uh, honoring uh, those who serve us, honoring those who take care of us, honoring those who come and minister among us, and so on. And I remember the day when we dedicated a new building that we had built. It's the one that we're currently functioning in. And Ed had a significant part in helping us establish that building and in helping us build and build without massive debt and also in a way that we would be able to eliminate that debt very quickly, which we have. And also contributed um, a lot himself financially and was just a blessing every step of the way. Well, once he received that budget for me for the next year, the night of the dedication, he was absent. And as a leader, 
And, and I believe a good leader doesn't count just those who are there, but also notes who is not there. And I knew his absence. I felt his absence. And I knew something was wrong because it was a day of celebration. People came from far and wide to celebrate and rejoice with us. But Ed was absent. The next morning, he came with an envelope in his hand, which was his written resignation, uh, because he wanted to bow out honorably and graciously and his reason was, even in writing, I can no longer go where you're going. And if I, if I remain here in this capacity, I believe I will hold you back. I don't understand the way you're operating, but it doesn't mean you're wrong. I just don't want to change. And so he moved on honorably. And what I did, because of the honorable way in which he left, at first I tried to win him back. I prayed a lot and asked the Lord to bring him back. And after all of this, I realized that, that Yahweh was up to something here. And so I decided to call the governor of the state of Connecticut. I arranged for the governor to establish uh, a day in that year that would be dedicated to my friend Ed for the systems that he established for us to be able to do benevolence all over the state and all over the region, which was significant at the time and has continued and grown. And I, the governor issued a proclamation. It's one of the things that governors can do in different states. And they issued a proclamation that December 20th that year would be called uh, our friend's name, Day. So Ed, his last name, and Day. And I want to be discreet and not say the last name uh, for the sake of, of, of his children and grandchildren and so on, uh, because this goes out all over the world. And the governor... Uh, issued a beautiful proclamation. It was in in uh, in nice um, writing, and um, uh, it was a, a particular form. And then the governor fills out the different parts and signs it. And we had that framed. We spent a, lar a large amount of money to get it framed properly. We didn't tell Ed what it cost to get it framed that way. Uh, but we invited him to come back to the church. He really never came back after that. Uh, after that resignation, he just moved on. It wasn't out of offense because I believe that he would have shown uh, signs of offense, but he just could not continue in the path that we were moving in. So we asked him to come back just for that Sunday, which he did. He came in late, actually, and um, we were able to present him with this proclamation. Well, a few years later, while I was in Cyprus with my family living in the mountains of Cyprus, I received word that, Ed's, that Ed had passed away. And he had, um, he had died suddenly, and we lost him without a chance to even um, you know, help him and stand with him. And I flew in that night. I took a last-minute flight and flew in to do the funeral. And I remember going with a very close friend of our friend Ed, Ed into his house and the only thing on his wall was that proclamation which was a way that we were able to honor him. Uh, the point that I want to make through this is of course honor is so important and, and Ed died with knowing that he was honored not just by us but also by our governor and by the state and he will never he never forgot what we did for him and what he meant to us but what's really important for me to bring out is i had a deep sense of gratitude for everything he had done for us while he served with us and that gratitude was greater than the pain of losing him uh, it was greater than any offense that might have been crouching at my door to um to dilute and to pollute the relationship and at the same time i recognized that yahweh 
did something in order to enable us to go deeper into the realms of his kingdom and to understand honor and to be able to give honor the way that we wanted to and the way he wanted us to, to grow in this aspect of our lives and our identity, he had to move on. And sometimes people have to move on from your life. And sometimes you should fight for them tenaciously to come back. And sometimes you should just be grateful for the time you got to have with them and, and recognize that they were like scaffolding there for a season, but now the house has to keep getting built. I bless you today and bless your relationships and may the shalom of Yahweh rest with you. Amen.